0: Please go to slash Bill, or you can call 1 800 245 6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA with more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers? I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get a extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. It has not been a good 12 days, the first 12 days of 2023 for President Biden. So today, did you see it? Did you see the announcement of a new special counsel? How many of those? We have 18 now. Going to look into the Biden document thing. Now, we have the inside story on that. You're going to appreciate it. Um, But I have to do the talking points memo because I, I prepared this especially for you. I'm going to do that first on immigration, then we'll get into the Biden documents, which is an amazing story. And I don't use that word as a cliche. It really is. All right, talking points memo, let's talk about legal immigration to the USA. We always say that if you're listening and watching the No Spin News, good to have a pen and paper because you can use this information. So in the whole world, the United States is the second most generous nation on legal immigration. Second, who's first? Germany. Germany takes in 1.2 legal immigrants every year. We take in a million. Now, Germany is mostly from the Middle East, North Africa, to do domestic work that the Germans won't do themselves, okay? So we take in a million here, uh, immigrants, legally, every year. That means they get papers, they get the right to work, all of that. Um, Illegally, under Biden, we have about between five and six million that have come in under him. I'll get to that in a moment, but I want to give you the legal stats. So to get here legally, um, you have to go through a process. You have to apply. And then four years from 18 to 21, all right, more than three million people have gone through that process and are now here. Overall, 34 million foreign nationals live legally in the United States. And about half of them have become American citizens. All right, 34 million. That doesn't count illegal aliens, okay, which I estimate between 15 and 18 million. All right, so that's a lot of folks. We're taking a lot of folks in, but we should take more. So Congress should pass a new immigration quota of a million and a half, half of them by merit, people that the United States needs, all right, to do business or academics or whatever it may be, and half on refugee status. What is that? Like the Afghans who helped us, coming over the Iraqis who helped us, various people in various countries who have contributed to the benefit of the United States, and now they might be in some trouble. That's refugees. That's different from asylum. Okay, asylum is a totally different thing, all right? And that is a case-by-case where a judge makes the decision. But Congress can say, we'll take a million and a half, half merit, half refugees. I think that's generous, and we can control that number here. It doesn't set off demographic chaos. Um, like this massive wave of illegal immigration does. So the border is not going to get any better under Biden, because as I've said probably too much, and I apologize if I'm repetitive, President Biden doesn't care about this at all, all right? It's way too complicated for him. He's afraid of the progressive left who wants open borders. Everybody knows that, okay? So he's not going to do anything. And when he went to El Paso, he didn't want to be there. He didn't do anything there. It's a whole charade. So Biden's got two more years in office. Nothing's going to get better at the border. But if you ask his press secretary about that, here's what you get. Go. Look, the president has been doing the work. Uh, and if you think about the record funding, he has done, uh, he has done
1: more than any prior, re- prior president to secure the border and build a safe, orderly, and humane immigration system.
0: Well, I don't think there's one American, not one, who believes that statement. Now, is she lying? Yes. It's not misleading. It's not spinning. She's lying. All right. So Donald Trump, for example, tried to build a border wall and was successful in his remain in Mexico policy. He did a thousand times more to control illegal immigration than Joe Biden. A thousand times more. Yet that woman, as he a mitigated gall to get up there and go, no, Biden's done more than any other president. It's just a flat out lie. All right. But she gets away with it. I mean, I I understand that. But if you you know, when she comes on, I have my producers listen to her. I can't. I just can't. I can't even listen to her because I know that this is not an honest venue here. The White House press office is not an honest venue. Period. Not honest. Now, you can make the same argument for the Trump people and the Bush people and the Obama people. They were spinners. That's what they do. Okay, but a lie like that. Come on, that's insulting. That insults me. All right. Illegal immigration. So the only solution other than the big wall and telling people if you come here illegally and we catch you and send you back and you do it again, you're banned for life. If it's the third time, you go to prison. That, that should be a law. Okay? You cross our border. We send you back. Okay? If you come back again, you're banned for life. You get sent back again. Come back a third time, you're in prison. Five years. All right? We'll build, we'll build them. Immigration prisons. Okay? That's it. So that would put a real damper. On people conning the system gaming the system which is what they're doing now everybody knows that okay so then you'll get from the left well we need comprehensive immigration reform it's impossible because the Democratic Party wants total amnesty for everybody you heard Senator Schumer say that said flat out every single person even the criminals they want amnesty and citizenship for all 18 million of them whatever that number may be Republicans are never going to do that and even when the Democrats control both houses of Congress and had President Obama sitting there they didn't get that they didn't do that and the Republicans are never going to compromise until you put up a wall a border wall and and have a secure southern border they're never going to give one person the right to come here until that's done So the gulf, the breach between the two parties is so big, you're never going to get it. It's never going to happen. Okay, so forget about comprehensive immigration reform. Now, uh, Congressman Pat Fallon, Texas, filed impeachment against Department of Human, uh, Department, I'm sorry, the ICE leader, Mayorkas. All right, Secretary of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. There's Mayorkas. Fallon wants him impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors. This is not wise because Mayorkas is a flunky. All right. He's a flunky. That's enough of him. We know what he looks like. All right. He just takes orders from it's Biden. If you want to impeach somebody, it's got to be him. I'm not recommending that at this point because I want to see what this Hunter Biden stuff leads to first. But if you violate immigration law, which Joe Biden is, by allowing people to apply for asylum when they get caught in the desert instead of going to ports of entry, which the law specifically says you want asylum in the United States, you got to go to a port of entry. And there's a ton of them on the southern border, a ton of them. But the people now, they're caught in the desert by ice, and they go, oh, I want asylum, and Biden's permitting that. That's a violation of federal law, a violation of his constitutional oath. You can get him on that. But Mayorkas, why bother? I know it's symbolic. I understand that. But everybody knows what it is. Um, so summing up, we should be a little bit more um, generous in allowing legal immigrants in here. A million and a half. It has to be done on an orderly basis. Refugees and merit. And on illegal immigration, we got to get tough. But Biden won't. And that's the memo. Now. <laughs> so there's more documents this time they find them in Biden's garage in, in Delaware and he goes well I got my Corvette locked up in that garage so don't worry about the documents that was, that was what Biden said okay and um, so there's a special counsel another one remember Durham? Durham's still on a payroll What well, is Durham doing? he was supposed to get to the bottom of all this FBI corruption and everything what is that? It's one after the other, after the other of special counsels. Okay, so the new guy is Robert Herr, 50 years old, New York City born, Harvard College, Stanford Law School, swamp creature, uh, special assistant to FBI chief Christopher Wray, assistant U.S. attorney, on and on. You know, he's an establishment guy. I guess he's competent. I don't know him. Um, But he's a special counsel looking at the Biden's documents. But here's the thing about this whole story. It's not being reported accurately. Or is it? All presidents wind up with classified documents in their offices, private offices, after they leave um, the White House. All of them. Because they don't pack it. Trump didn't pack it. Biden didn't pack it. There are people throwing stuff in. All right? and he- here's what biden said this morning about this whole thing go the department of justice was immediately as was done the department of justice was immediately uh, uh, notified and uh, the lawyers arranged for the department of justice to take possession of the document so you're going to see we're going to see all this unfold i'm confident okay fine but you didn't tell the public OK, so this happened before the midterm election, as we reported yesterday. And we didn't find out about this till last week, January 12th. Um, I'm sorry, it wasn't January 12th. It was uh, the documents in Biden's Wilmington home were January 12th. <laughs> we didn't find out about this until about 10 days ago when CNN reported it, NBC reported something like that. So for a solid two months, the Biden administration kept it quiet, covered it up. Sure. Sure. So Joe Biden said, oh, we immediately told the Department of Justice and a documents." And you didn't tell us. You work for us. You didn't tell us because you didn't want that out before the midterm vote. And that's why. That's the story. The cover up. The old cliche, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. Here you go. Okay, so let's get to Donald Trump Jr. I know him pretty well. Um, He's always been a good guy when I'm around. Maybe he's behaving because it's me. I'm not sure. Big hunter. And uh, my son is a big hunter, so they talk about assassinating animals and all that. I'm not really into that, but... um, Um, Just give you a little profile of uh, Don Jr. So he's signed a deal with Rumble, as in Ready 2, which is um, a podcast service. And he's got a new podcast going to debut on January 23rd, coming up fast, called Triggered with Don Jr., an homage to the title of his 2019 book. He joins us now from Florida. So Rumble, huh? um why should yeah. we watch why should we watch you
1: well listen uh, a i think you've seen sort of the people rejecting mainstream media coverage i think we've seen all of the bias that's out there rumble uh, as a platform is one of the few places that hasn't been censoring conservatives they're a free speech platform it's it's sort of youtube minus uh you know the threats of being put in the gulag uh so you know i was an early believer in the platform Uh, I've been an early believer in a lot of these free speech and sort of even, I don't want to say right-wing economy, because again, that's pure free speech, although I do think there's a lot of stuff going on right now in sort of the parallel economies, uh, as people on the conservative side of things understand the total level of disdain uh, the left uh, woke corporate America uh, and everyone has for them. I think for for many years, that disdain was in existence, but the conservative side turned the other cheek and We said it's okay, but now I think it's been pretty clear whether it's through the release of the Twitter files, whether it's just watching what's going on with Disney, Netflix and all of those companies share prices. uh, Americans and especially conservative Americans uh, have had enough. And so, uh, you know, as someone who's just been out there, uh, you know, fighting that battle for free speech and against the mainstream media and the lies, someone, frankly, who's been uh, subjected to a lot of those things. uh, I said, why don't we get out there and have this conversation with people?
0: Okay, so you, are you gonna do a uh, political show? I mean that what it's going to be most of the time you're gonna you're doing it twice a week, right? Two podcasts a yeah. week. How long will I a podcast be? How long will it be?
1: About an hour hour and a half. I think with Rumble there's a unique uh, ability there to actually have sort of a live interactive component so people can be you know uh, interacting live with me during it and we can start that conversation so we can actually be essentially answering their questions into that fan base. I think some of that gets left out a lot. And uh, certainly on the cable side of things where you can have that component of really, you know, not just going with, you know, what the talking points are, but having sort of a little bit of a, a free flow. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would be so good. if you get be to have,
0: Yeah. If you could have interaction with people uh, live on the podcast, yeah. that would certainly be it. Now, are you going into this, though, as a conservative Republican? That's that's what I want to know. Is it going to be a political conservative Republican newscast or I think
1: there will clearly be a political component of that it's going to be my take on a lot of the stuff that's news of the day at times but there'll also be people that I'm interviewing you mentioned sort of you know hunting and the outdoors I mean if there are interesting people in my life that we're going to bring them on we're going to talk about it you know have that sort of fireside chat much less sort of a traditional media interview but but, uh, certainly more conversational based uh, so you know, I think people enjoy that much more than sort of just going through the the typical questions that everyone has an answer to. I think that that leads you down. To yeah, if you're going to
0: be on I for think, an hour, half. Half. if you're going to be on for an hour and a half, you're going to have to be uh, entertaining, and that's that's a pretty heavy lift. We do 42 minutes daily here, um, but I've been doing this for a long time. So let's get down to uh, the uh, campaign. Are you going to be helping your father with the campaign? I know your sister is not um will you be helping him
1: listen i'm going to be very active in that stuff i mean i you know for better or worse i went from being a real estate developer to being sort of uh you know a a leader in the movement uh in the maga movement fighting for those things Uh, i've taken those slings and arrows for a long time i'm a believer in that uh and so you know i'm going to be very involved one way or the other whether it's you know active role in the campaign i think even if i didn't have an active role in the campaign i'm so out there all over the country doing these things fighting for various conservative causes and for the people that we believe in within the movement that I'm I'm definitely going to continue that that's just a part of my life these days and uh, I really actually enjoy being a warrior for that cause and for the Americans that. All right so
0: you're going to be campaigning for your father in the uh, recent uh, Republican uh, fiasco um, with the speaker. um, Were you happy with that uh, when you were watching Gates and uh, Boebert and the others pretty much sabotaging McCarthy. Did that, how did you feel about that?
1: Well, as that, you know, there, there were times, you know, I, I liked the end results, right? I like yeah. The end result are. worked
0: I, out for Republicans.
1: Not, I think there was a lot more showmanship than needed. And that's because I understand the inside baseball, meaning I knew people on both sides that were in the room telling me what had already been agreed to and what wasn't. And so there, it, there felt like it was like an excuse to create fundraising emails across the board, uh, whereas I, I wasn't, though, ne- necessarily upset with the debate on the floor of Congress before the American people. Uh, I know, you know, 60 Minutes, it's an embarrassment. Well, It's an embarrassment that we don't just sort of stamp the pre-baked uh, response of the DNC or the RNC or any of these things. I mean, I, I think we could actually use a little bit more debate uh, on the floor. But, but the, the two— people.
0: The two people, Boebert and Gates, who at the end of Friday night were still sitting there when everybody knew it. They got what a lot of what they wanted, but they still wouldn't give in. I'm not even involved with Republican or Democratic politics. That teed me off. I went, these people are just grandstanding this.
1: I think there was a component where it got dragged on longer than it probably needed to. I think they got the things that they wanted to, and I think that was agreed to beforehand. I like what they do with the movement. I'm friendly with both of them, but, you know, I, I think it probably went longer than it needed to, and I think there was an element of showmanship, but, you know, that is unfortunately, you know, the nature of the game, so, again, I'm happy that the fact that there's this debate, I do think that Kevin will do a good job. I was actually, you know, for someone who's, Clearly never going to be called an establishment kind of guy. I was an earlier believer in that because I knew the guys on his team that were working on the things that he was planning on doing way before the showmanship started. And I was like, listen, if we get 30, 40, 50 percent of those things, conservatives are going to be very happy with well, the end results of that but and it's not gonna to be easy with the attack on the IRS and uh, you know getting rid of the 87,000 agents and you know but that's our job then to hold someone accountable if they make the promises yeah I mean to you can put it going out it.
0: there not gonna happen we'll, we'll do that in a moment after we uh, finish talking with you do you talk politics with your father on a regular basis so you guys talking politics I,
1: I do. Uh, These days uh, we we do a lot of that. i So does he ground in so many of those places, you know. All right. So you guys
0: are you guys are back and forth in the political spectrum. Does he know now that his uh, power has waned a bit with the American people, according to the polls? And I think it's true. I mean, not to say he can't make a comeback and he, he can't reassemble momentum. He can. And anybody who thinks he can't is foolish. But right now, he's not as powerful as he once was. Does he know that?
1: Well, I, I think I think you see some of that, but I think that's also a factor of time, right? You got you got two years till sort of uh, the next election. That's a long way to go. It it, it is sort but of. But does marathon, he
0: know? Does he know where he is in the moment?
1: He sees all of the information that's out there, Bill. Yeah, he's a, he's a consummate consumer of everything that's out there. So I'm I sure know he that, but that.
0: He, I don't know if he accepts the information. See, that, he sees it. Well, I, think I understand. He's the guy, I don't yeah, know he, if he, he
1: understands when, when he wants to put it on and when it's time to put it on. I think, you know, no one's better at that than him.
0: Okay. Now, there will be a showdown between Governor DeSantis and Donald Trump. If the course of Republican politics continues this way, there's no doubt that DeSantis wants to be president. I've always said, I don't know DeSantis, I've never spoken to him, but I've always said to your father, if you guys could have a detente all right, and kind of ally yourselves, you president him vice president, with the assurity that he'd be treated like Mike Pence. Mike Pence had a, a good amount of input into the Trump administration, as you well know um mm-hmm. if that were the scenario it would be a lot easier for you and the republican party have you discussed that with your father
1: well uh, you know there, there there is the concept that it's hard to have a vp and the president from the same state right now that doesn't mean you
0: can't all you, you got to do is a hillary clinton and and just drive to georgia and get an apartment you know what hillary did the, here the, in new, the new little york carpetbagger action going yeah on I, like I, nobody's gonna care happen nobody's going to care. Yeah,
1: listen, it, it, it's an interesting dynamic watching a lot of that. What, what's I think perhaps the most fascinating thing about watching some of that right now is uh, watching sort of the, the money class of conservative politics right now. They're jostling behind others where they have a lot more control, right? Uh, the, the money class wants a Republican president that's not necessarily greatest for the people, but will ultimately greatest for the guys that control the money. And, and watching that shift Uh, away from Trump because they want a president that picks up the phone and says, how high would you like me to jump, Mr. Uh, Donation Guy? Yeah, okay, Uh, got it. That's an interesting thing. And you actually see that even in sort of corporate media where they, they want to be able to control that narrative more than what you can with Trump. And that's sort of the interesting aspect of even the sort of conservative rebuke to America First, which is like, they like the idea of it, but not if it maybe makes it a little bit harder for them to get a little bit of a cheaper widget to make more billions. Uh, so, uh, you know, watching that play out, has been pretty fascinating because, you know, the phenomenon of Trump and America first was so unique and so special. It was sort of a major shift in conservative politics where they were representing hardworking men and women and the middle class of America, uh, which, you know, they probably hadn't done a good job of before. But watching them now try to grasp that message, massage it just enough, but not really implement those policies because it may not be as good for the moneyed institutions is is pretty fascinating. I think as people dig more into that, uh, they'll see a pretty interesting narrative uh, taking place, in my opinion.
0: Well, certainly the Republican establishment in Washington doesn't want any part of you, Father uh the mitch mcconnell arm and and the people yeah well, i'm not, are, yeah, I'm not even talking about
1: that i'm talking about the donor class yeah no but they're uh, they're so associated the establishment
0: politics. you know that the we, donor yeah, class is associated oh, yeah, we, we yeah. with the democratic establishment in washington which by the way will turn on a dime if donald trump's poll numbers suddenly rocket <laughs> your donor class will be right back trying to kiss your butt now final question for you um if there is a uh senate opening in uh florida th- on a republican side um might you run for office
1: well i, I don't have any intention of doing that right oh, now. oh come right? on now, You mind fight, fight you want you to or uh, yeah.
0: someday do you want to run or not
1: well so, some days a different question but listen there's a you know i i do love the game uh okay i also want to do that you got to also want to do the day job you know i sort of. I think perhaps how I've made a name in politics is I'm actually not afraid of doing the fighting part. That's the part that most of the conservatives uh, shy away from. That's the part that they they sort of just wither and go away and die. We need to be doing a better job of that. But I don't know that I want to necessarily do the bureaucratic part of and sitting in Washington, D.C. and dealing with these folks just yet. Doesn't mean I won't in time. uh, But right now, you know, I I like being in the action uh, as opposed to in Washington, D.C.
0: Okay. Now, uh, once again, rumble is the uh network would that be right rumble
1: oh well, yeah it's yeah it, it's you know it, it's a, another version let's call it of youtube a, a free yeah. speech platform Just so you can go pump, up to pump rumble it up sign up under my name and uh you'll check out the podcast i think you'll enjoy it
0: okay it's free
1: it is, it is.
0: january 23rd is first uh, podcast uh first debut january 23rd right
1: Correct.
0: Okay. So uh, after you've done it for about a month, come on back and uh, let me know what you think. And, and, and how's it what going? It?
1: I'll, I'll do it. Well, I want you to watch it. I want to get the critique from, uh, from a master, Bill. You've done a great job of it for a long well, time. You, you I'm know just a, I'm just a neophyte. We'll see it's no have, spin, oh, though. The,
0: it's a no spin yeah? critique. You know, when I'm on with Cuomo. That's, that's
1: right. hey, I'm a big boy.
0: Well, when I'm on with Cuomo, and I do the News Nation now every Wednesday, and he asked me for a critique. It's brutal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's private. It was, I would never, ever, you know, but I, I mean, if you want a critique, I'll give you a critique, but it's not going to be a lollipop. <laughs>
1: uh, I appreciate it. I don't, I don't want a lollipop. We've got enough of that in, in this world.
0: All right, Don. Good luck to you. Um, best to the family. And uh, we'll talk again soon, I hope. See you. Good to be with you. Thanks, Bill. Please go to TaxNetworkUSA.com Bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Okay, here is a a poll that's very interesting to me, and I think you'll find it the same. Um, This is from CBS News, and it is the top issues for both parties. So let's do Republicans first. Here are the top issues for the Republican Party, according to the CBS News poll. Inflation is the number one issue, 89 percent. Border, 85 percent energy production 77 percent crime 77 percent okay i think that's accurate those are the four big issues for republicans now on the democratic side number one issue social security and medicare entitlements 78 percent again this is big government giving not giving you pay into social security and medicare okay but the democrats are very interested in where that is and getting more. Okay. Climate change, 71. Now, climate change doesn't come anywhere close on the Republican side. Third, abortion. Same thing. 67% of Democrats are concerned about abortion and inflation down to 65%, where, again, on the Republican side, it's 89%. So why are the Democrats less worried about their wallets than Republicans? Because of the big government. They want to be taken care of. The Democrats do. They want to be taken care of. Okay, that is the big deal. Now, here's a very important story. You know what I think about George Soros. For years, I've been tracking and reporting on him. Okay, so he's 92 years old, won't be around much longer. He has given $131 million in four years, 16 to 20, to 253 journalism and activist media groups. Okay, he's trying to buy media access. So $131 million in four years to these activist groups. This is according to a study by MRC Business, part of the Media Research Center, a conservative group. So who are the ones that are getting the money? Open Democracy. Okay? This is an organization that is heavily gay. And um, they say, quote, it's time to abolish the nuclear family. This is a family destruction organization. Okay? Remember, in all the totalitarian regimes, they don't want traditional families. Okay? That's bad. The second group is free press. Okay, what is free press? This is a political group that attacked Donald Trump, all right, in a very, very aggressive way. Then we have Wikipedia. This is interesting. So everybody uses Wikipedia, right? Well, Soros gave them millions of dollars. Why? Because Wikipedia, its descriptions of what you look up, Are written by people who are primarily progressives. So I looked up O'Reilly Tiller. Remember Tiller, the abortion doctor late term in Kansas who was assassinated? Okay, remember that? So I did a lot of reporting on Dr. Tiller, who basically was killing babies for $5,000. If you were a poor person and you didn't have five, he wasn't going to kill your baby but he would do unbelievable things in violation of Kansas law and after he was killed his assistants lost their law their medical licenses to practice in Kansas right but in my opinion tiller was joseph mangala no difference and i reported heavily on him but wikipedia blames me for his assassination there you go Soros money into Wikipedia. Then, on the other front, the Pointer Institute in Florida, which puts itself up as this um, nonpartisan watchdog group, got a half million dollars from Soros, and NPR got six hundred thousand. There you go. Soros buys influence. He buys access now his son this is a this is great Alexandria alexander soros age 37 he is going to take over when george kicks it this year he's made six separate trips to the white house he met with chief of staff ron klain twice He was on hand on April 8th, 2022, when there was a confirmation celebration of Justice Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court at the White House. So Soros has got his tentacles in the Biden White House. Now, this is why I am so hard on Joe Biden. Because he is not looking out for the entire country. He is under, he is a prisoner of the progressives. Now, Klein, who Alexander and met twice with, he's a crazy progressive. And he controls Biden as chief of staff of the White House. All of this stuff never gets reported. But we're watching it closely. And there's no doubt about it. No two sides to this story so 70 uh, 80 million americans voted for joe biden who's a prisoner of the progressive movement do you think those 80 million know that no most of them do not would it matter probably not with the hate trump stuff but they ought to know it george soros is the most extreme leftist, operating in this country today at a level where he has influence. He is way off the chart.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun so on this podcast we take the news of the day and we run it through the bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again politics by faith anywhere you listen to the podcast politics by faith
0: and now we go to environmental equity what, what's environmental equity? You know what equity is? That's favoring one group of Americans. So whatever group it may be, they get a favorable status from the federal government in a whole bunch of ways. So the Biden administration is proposing $100 million, taxpayer money, and I don't care. Again, I, I'm, I'm overusing the words don't care. I know it. But it's like, oh, $100 million, Sure for environmental equity projects. So first, the definition of environmental equity. It is, the environmental equity strives to ensure that no community faces a disproportionate share of environmental hazards. Okay, that's how uh, one uh, civil rights lawyer describes it. That's pretty much true. So that if you have a neighborhood that is located in a toxic area, environmental equity would take care of it. But it's a facade because the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, would have to move in. What they're talking about is neighborhoods near railroad tracks, near expressways, and they want money. The Biden administration is going to give it to them. All right. To move houses away or, or, build big walls. I don't, you know, that's what this is all about. It's a scam. All right. It goes to community-based nonprofit organizations. You know where that money's going. Okay. Uh, black lives matter. Anyone, you know where that money's going. And then there's another federal project or two, but it fa- it's favoring African-Americans. That's what this is all about. It's another, Government project designed to aid African Americans. That's what environmental equity is. All right, for all of us, uh, U.S. households, um, the debt has now risen to sixteen point five trillion dollars, up eight percent year to year, according to Nerd Wallet. Nerd Wallet, it's a website. Okay, so the average American household owes one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. Credit card debt, mortgages, auto loans, on and on. So I, I don't know how much you're in debt. I'm not in debt at all. I don't know anybody anything. And I did that. I've never carried a credit card balance in my life, ever, even when I was desperately poor. I paid for cash or I didn't get it. Okay? Um, so I don't know anybody anything. But you should tonight, after you watch this broadcast, add up. How much money your home, your household owes. So you take your debt, ba- your mortgage balance, and then your credit card balance, and then any other loans you have, and, and add them up. Okay? So the average is $165,000. Now, if all those debts were called in right away, nobody could pay it. So you could see how Americans are going deeper and deeper and deeper in, into debt, and that's because of inflation. That's why it's up 8%. All right, Disney, um, least favorite company. So Iger is back, Bob Iger. Uh, Chapek got fired, and Disney's a mess. It's just a mess. So this is rich. Iger is dropping the lowest price ticket to Disney World, and I guess Disneyland as well, to $104. That's a piece. So a family of four that's $416 a day to get into the parks. That's the lowest price. And those tickets are available only two months out of the year, July and August in Orlando, when it's 150 degrees. I don't know what they do in Anaheim. So this is like, I go, oh yeah, we're gonna, look, Disney is an operation that does not care, about what it was invented to do, and that was entertain children. That's why Walt Disney founded the company, to entertain children. And now, they price the children out. The working class and poor kids of America can't go. Why? Because they're greedy SOBs. That's why. USC. University of Southern California, good school, particularly if you want to get into movies and stuff like that. Okay, this is reported by the Daily Caller, but I believe it's true. It has not been refuted. So, USC is removing the word field, F-I-E-L-D, playing field. Field, you can't say it anymore or you're offensive. And they're replacing it with the Latin word practicum practicum p-r-a-c-t-i-c-u-m practicum so you have to go are you going to the practicum to play baseball today (laughs) no why are they doing this because the word field has ties to anti-black and anti-immigrant rhetoric going into the field or field work may have connotations for the descendants of slavery and immigrant workers that are not benign now this is beyond insane this is in a, a totally different realm where we're going to destroy the english language and i don't know there's no why behind this there's no black person on earth is going to be offended by the word field i mean you really have to You'd have to be so neurotic. All right, a field is a field. No, not at USC. See, this disqualifies that college now. I can't root for it in sports. I would never send my urchins there. I won't go on the campus. I mean, my alma mater, Marist College in Poughkeepsie, okay, is now woke.
1: and will challenge me intellectually, you're not gonna find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So here is the final thought of the day. Hollywood's over. Can you believe it? After all these decades of good entertainment coming out of there, it's finished. So the Golden Globe Awards last night, I didn't watch it as I mentioned. Got about five and a half million viewers Um, in January 2020. Just three years ago, the Golden Globes got 18.5 million viewers. So from 18.5 to 5.5. Why? Because none of these movies matter. I mean, really, are you going to see The Fablemans? I'm not. I'm not, not going to see The Fablemans. Not going to see Tar. I did see Elvis and Top Gun Maverick, and they were both good. But it's over. There are no big stars anymore other than The Rock and Cruise. You know, it's just, and the reason that Hollywood has killed itself is because of its radical left political position. And the witch hunt and the cancel culture. If you are not in step with them politically, radical left, you don't work. People know that. Look what happened to Mel Gibson. He was selected to be in a Mardi Gras parade, uh, and they had to cancel him. They shouldn't have canceled him. All right, but they did because they're afraid. And the Gibson transgression was years and years ago. It's ridiculous. The whole thing is absurd. So Hollywood's falling apart. People don't go to the theaters anymore. They watch the streaming stuff. I mean, I was on Netflix last night. I saw the New Amsterdam. Is that the show? It's pretty good. there's not a lot on netflix that i'm interested in i mean just telling you the truth i don't have a leisure time uh anyway i'm busy and i read a lot which takes me away from the tube and i'm glad i do it but bottom line on a final thought is hollywood done not coming back thank you for watching and listening to the no spin news we will see you tomorrow